0: Welcome to episode 28 of the Carlson Cards Podcast. I'm here today with my good friend, Mr. Benedict, from Singapore, originally from Germany. This is the, we'll call this the international series of the Carlson Cards Podcast. The NFL has been doing it. It's about damn time an American podcast does it. Um, so I'm very excited to have you on here, Benedict. How are you doing? How's everything been going? How's life? Very
1: good. Very good. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, Austin. It's great that we've been uh, yeah, on Instagram connecting for, for such a long time now and not meeting in person, but at least virtually, uh, it's just separated by continents and uh, 10 hour time difference. So it's 7 p.m. for you, right?
0: Yeah, 7 p.m. So yeah. I know you mentioned, because what time is it for you? It's 9 a.m. It's 9 a.m.
1: On a, on a Thursday morning. So I'm nine hours, nine, uh, so 10 said, hours ahead.
0: You said you had a cup of coffee to wake up. I had a cup, a cup of coffee just to stay awake. It's so dark here all the time, man. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I get to be like 6 p.m. I'm like, I'm like falling asleep. My wife, like 30 minutes ago, is like, don't you have a call? Like you need, you look like you're going to fall asleep. You need to wake up. I'm like, no, when I get on this call, we're going to get amped up to keep you time. awake, man. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm good now. I'm good now. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. I'm really happy you're able to join. Um, I was wondering if we could start here kind of with maybe a little bit about yourself. I know, I know some of it just from us chatting. Um, I'd love to maybe start with, um, how did you originally become a fan of NFL football? What was that like? What was life like? And I think you had right. said late 90s. I'd love to hear the story here of how you originally became a fan of American football.
1: Sure, sure. So yeah, I, we we just talked about it before. I've always been a, a hoop set, always been big into basketball and still am to this day. I think basketball is my my number one sport, always will be. Grew up playing basketball in the, in the early 90s and then I went to um, the US as an exchange student from 1999 to 2000. And at that, that time, Michael Vick was playing for VTech. Obviously, all the hype. I was, I was living in Virginia, I should mention this. So I was in Virginia, uh, just a couple hours away from from VTech. And a lot of the, the seniors that were graduating from high school, some went to UVA, some went to VTech. So so Vick was obviously in the news. It, I knew some people that, that met him or that were, you know, I was going to the games. And um, I was a huge Alan Iverson fan uh, at this time, and and then with this kind of Vic Iverson Newport News connection, they both grew up in the in the same town. I, I kind of then started idolizing and following Vic as well, and that that's kind of what got me into into American football, um, and into Michael Vick particularly. Um, and that obviously was a was a very influential time uh, of my life, you know, being 15, 16 years old, uh, loving sports. For me, as a as a German living in the U.S. with You know, sports being everywhere is very uncommon in in Europe. So I soaked it up uh, entirely and just got hooked and stayed hooked. Now for yeah, for all these years after.
0: That's amazing. And so um, riddle me this one too. So it's again in 1999. Vic leaves the leaves college in 2001. Correct? Gets drafted by the Eagles. Or no, sorry, not the Eagles. Wow, the 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 Falcons Falcons that year. Um, So what happens after you go back to Germany? You know, you were just an exchange. I'm sure you sounds like you enjoyed your experience. You get back there. Um, what happens when you see him get to the NFL? Are you following it? Is that when you start to pick up cards? Like, where did cards kind of tie into this experience? No, not, yeah, not,
1: not, not much. I mean, first of all, after returning from, from the U.S., you know, I was in my, then 16, 17 years old, then then uh, high school ended, college came, then, you know, cards were not really on my mind. Other things were obviously then, then taking over. Um, no, cards started way earlier. Cards started way earlier. I was collecting in uh, from 94 to 97 ish um so that was even before i went to the to the us um and collecting is difficult if you're not in the us so um i was buying like the the cheapest upper deck collector's choice products at the local tobacco stores that's where you where you would get it uh in in germany there are no card stores in in germany there are no no shows no nothing i guess also you know only five percent of all the products ever make it to europe so i was buying upper deck collector's choice bit of Fleer, but, you know, the basic, basic cards, all, all basketball. And I was just, you know, trying to complete sets, obviously happy for the occasional Iverson and then Kobe, um, then 96, 97, but never really got, you know, big bigger cards and never um, went into grading or anything. Obviously this was also not really around back then, but um, I was collecting back then basketball. And then really just after, you know, I guess many people came in came back into cards when, when COVID hit, then the whole Vic football connection uh, circulated back in.
0: Ah, okay, interesting. So yeah. you're in? Are you living in Singapore at the time when COVID happens?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been living here for eight years. I'm I'm in Asia for 14 years, so I haven't really been to to Europe for, for I haven't been living in Europe for 14 years. Uh, and collecting is not easy here. Um, yeah. Which which uh, I guess is part of the fun actually, because the the chase is slightly different. Obviously, everything is uh, is virtual. You, gotta go through ebay and through instagram and through uh, you know good connections like like we have made um but yeah i've, I've been in in uh, singapore when covid hit and yeah lo- being locked in especially here in asia the lock- lock-ins were were pretty strict yeah. i really couldn't leave the house for for months and months and um yeah like many of us i fell back into collecting in early 2020 and then haven't even started with Vic to be to be honest with you, just to you know, look look into my 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 current focus of the collection. I just started collecting basketball again. Um and looking back at where I left it in 96, 97, and then first of all, absolutely surprised what happened in the card industry since I was collecting the you know the base the base upper decks and collectors choices and seeing all the parallels, all the development of cards and then being obviously super excited that I could finally afford things like a Kobe rookie or an Iverson rookie uh, refractor cards and um, started dabbling into this and, and went down the rabbit hole, I guess, like many of us, right? Just totally unstructured, totally unfocused, just just starting to hoard and being greedy about what I wanted to try, what I wanted to see in person. As I said, like, you cannot just go to a card store here in Singapore and look at a parallel and you're like, ah, oh, that's, that's for me. That's not for me. That's something I want to buy. You just kind of gotta buy a card from eBay, have it sent to Singapore to just see it for the first time, and then decide whether or not you like it. Um, so, so, so got back into basketball really then in in, in COVID, and with that yeah, hugely diversified uh, card collection, then I realized I gotta gotta make some changes and and focus it a little bit more.
0: And then you dove in on Vic, it sounds like around, you know, after kind of fiddling around in basketball some, um, when you dove in on Vic, I got to ask, so did you immediately think like, you know, you go back to those, I'm sure you went back to those memories. You're like, I, I, you know, nostalgia of being back in the U S you know, watching him following his career a little bit. How did you even go about collecting him and becoming, I mean, again, I would view you now as a super collector, right? Like kind of a whale, if you call it of a, of a collector for a very, (laughs) and obviously very nostalgic player for a lot of people. So how did you even go about doing that? Again, especially knowing you're internationally, was it was it a thought of, okay, I, I want to do this, I want every single card? Or was it more of like, I'll just start with the rookies and then you kind of started seeing shiny stuff? Like how did that so what I'm I guess I'm asking is how did that progression go? Like where did you start? Yes. Where did you go with Michael Vick?
1: Yeah. So I've I've always um I've always collected him one I've Started collect, to collect them as well. Once I started collecting, I was very focused on basketball, but with the nostalgia, as you mentioned, I did have the, the you know the, one or the other uh, occasional the card as well. And then once I realized that you know the the cards I was I was I was uh, starting to amass mess were just way too many, and I started to lose yeah, focus and and frankly interest uh, of sorts. I then was looking at everything, all of the players, and I I wanted to find a focus, and I kind of asked myself where where do I want this focus to be? Where where do I have the most emotional connection to to any player to any sport to any yeah, personal memory of mine and then frankly you know economics kind of played into this as well right i mean of course i could have very easily then uh, been drawn to kobe or to iverson but then you look at some of their top rookies i mean especially then in 2020 2021 that was just just not affordable and still to this day they frankly i would I'd much rather collect vic from a from a from a um, value for money point of view than than dabbling into into Kobe and Iverson at this at this time, um, so I just looked at my collection, really started to liquidate literally everything that was not of any emotional uh, connection to me, um, and then fully doubled down on Vic uh, because of that memory and um, you know seeing some of the rookie cards being more affordable, and then and then as you said, I think the real um, the real beauty of collecting a player is that then you start to realize that. Your grail card may not be a rookie card. Yeah, Your grail card may be that low numbered second or third year card that is almost like a ghost card that nobody's ever seen before. And now you all of a sudden you chase that, uh, which we which you wouldn't do if you have such a hugely diversified uh, collection, I guess. So, um, yeah, just started to consolidate the card collection. And now I'm pretty exclusively focusing on Vick. I still have the occasional Kobe, a couple of Brady's. Um, but that's about it, not more than 10% of my collection.
0: So how did you, how did you research even knowing, like, like you again, you mentioned, I'm sure we'll talk about this with some of the cards that you have given me photos of that I'm really excited to share and talk more about, um, but just in a high-level sense, how did you go about learning what sets are even out there? Because I'd imagine, like myself, you know, around 2020, 2021, to me, it, I, when I think back, it seemed like football was kind of a wasteland. Like, it wasn't really clear. There wasn't a lot of content saying, like, oh, by the way, these sets are cool. They're out here. You know, like for basketball, I saw that, but not football. Did you have the same experience or were you able to kind of figure it out on your own or did you learn from others? How did you go about doing that?
1: Yeah, I I guess a mix of secondary and primary research. I I did research quite a bit on... Just, just Googling and looking up, you know, checklists and seeing what perils are out there. Frankly, I think there's not really that one database that gives you a very good comprehensive overview, especially of what are, you know, what are cards that are worth chasing. It just, I, I, I never felt like there was this one platform where I felt like I could really look up um, both the, the entire set as well as its scarcity. It's just really, really uh, tedious to, 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 to dig that up. But mainly, I guess, though, from just talking to people in the hobby, um, talking to people like yourself, talking to others—you um, know—that just have been been around for that long, and they know all of these sets. And um, and that and that's what you know that hobby love is about, right? Obviously, lots of toxicity as well, but that's when I really started to also, you know, en- en- enjoy being being connected to this community. That's obviously not in Singapore, but connects me to people like yourself uh, through Instagram and, and and other platforms. And then just started to. Yeah, continue researching, uh, developing uh, my taste uh, of different sets, and started started chasing. I keep a little chase chase list for myself. Um, some cards, I guess, I will never obtain because I know where <laughs> where they are, and those those uh, owners are not going to sell them. Uh, but that's part of the fun.
0: I think I know what card you're talking about. We'll keep that quiet. <laughs> but that's uh no, that, that's amazing. I have to say your taste seems to have aged like a fine wine. I mean, I really look at your page and I'm always, well, number one, I'm seeing stuff that I didn't even know existed. And then I go and say, wait, do the players that I collect, are they in this set, you know, or do they have this parallel? It's really cool. And again, I think we're going to talk about um, some of those parallels. So I'm going to share my screen here for those on the podcast, just to tell you what I'm looking at here is, uh, you know, Benedict had posted on Instagram, a massive like this is the I, I don't even know how to explain it just like a monstrous PSA order that he has about <laughs> to go out so I'm I'm just gonna high level summarize what I'm looking at I mean I see NFL shields crazy patches rookie refractors gold refractors even up there I, I see X refractors, blacker I mean you just everything that I love and you know I think a lot of people in the hobby love so I gotta ask with a photo like this and a submission that you're sending out what was the feeling like when you put this together and you looked at, you know, all these cards you've acquired, like what, what was that feeling like when you're you know going to send your babies off across the world to get graded? How does that feel?
1: Well, I think it first of all feels different as a player collector than if you're chasing, you know, the, if you're chasing the grade, um, that's what I love about being a player collector and sending something like this off. I frankly, do not care about the grade so much. I know some of these will come back as a seven and I'm going to be absolutely thrilled to just have them slapped in a PSA holder um, since they're just going to stay there. It's going to stay in my, in my, in my collection. Um, but it, it, it feels good to, to have a, have a picture like this together. It's almost like a family, family group uh, photo. Um, well, of a single person. Um, but then again, I'm, you know, I've, I've would have, would have now compiled this over Couple of months' time, right? And I guess some of these they will go out to PSA, uh, some others won't. So I kind of keep a keep a, a, a constant backlog of cards I have I have up for grading. These are not all the ones that I have in my little uh, grading shoebox. Um, and I suppose half of them will probably go out. And usually I take those uh, those better ones out and send them off, and then the rest goes back in the box. Uh, a couple of new ones will be added to it, and then I prepare for the other other submission. But it feels good. I mean, as you said, it's like a super diverse um, overview of, I guess, just what's what's out there uh, throughout the entirety of Vic's career, right? Um, starting with, you know, n- non-parallels in the, in the top left, you see a couple of auto uh, on-card auto cards, um, n- no refractor, nothing whatsoever, just kind of pure uh, base tops cards uh, with autos. And then you, know, you go down there, you see some black refractors, some gold ones, uh, lower numbered ones, and, um yeah, each card sort of has a sentimental value to me.
0: Oh, totally. And I gotta ask too, so I know you hinted at a little bit, what is your mindset and how do you go about acquiring cards being in Singapore? I know you mentioned like on eBay, Instagram, that sort of thing. I guess what I'm what I'm kind of wondering about is the logistics behind this. Like how do you do you send them to like a ship my cards type service and store them store them away and then get a huge shipment? Like what what how do you approach this from your side? Yeah, ship
1: ship my card for the win. Uh, shout out to Brian Wells. Uh, this uh, I honestly th- these guys they cannot be thanked enough for people like myself uh, that are not in the US. Um, not just from a from a financial uh, you know tax perspective because they do make things obviously uh, cheaper. Um, but then again, the, the risk of sending it uh, across. Some sellers they don't even sell to you or send to you if you are in Singapore. Um, that's number one. The other thing is you would typically look at another. Fifteen dollar, twenty dollar in in shipment. You look at um, import duties. Then once it comes to Singapore, so I mean, I I save thousands and thousands of dollars from this, and, and lots of headache, obviously. I wouldn't want to have a one of one shield card to be to be sent, uh, you know, from from the US to Singapore with everything that can happen. Um, so yeah, it's 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 exclusively ship my cards. I've never. Uh, or, no, let me rephrase it. Since I am with ship my cards, I think I started using them at twenty one about a year after I, I I went back in the hobby and um, every single card goes goes there they have a fantastic service um, you can choose whether or not you want to have it sent to, to to Oregon or to Arizona they have two different addresses depending also on your card value and um, yeah it's been a great service and everybody that I know as well here in in this region they they all use ship my cards
0: I know we made a nice trade um, you know I had a 2006 finest black extractor PSA 10 Vic that I hit and my mind was blown and then I posted it and you're like, hey, 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 I'd I love this card. And then um, we ended up making a sweet deal. I think, you know, you gave me a 2013 select gold Le'Veon Bell. And I have to say from a U.S. perspective, being able to ship it to like a ship my cards, like you've kind of already highlighted so much better because I'm not worried about it getting lost. And then we yeah. have to probably figure out, well, who's, you know, do I pay you? Do you pay me now that it's lost, you know? And then the other side, too, is like, no offense to myself, but like I don't think I could figure out the shipment to Singapore. I mean, I just feel like there's a lot of ways to screw it up. So yeah, that, that totally makes sense now that you say that. And to like summarize what they do, is it kind of, it's a warehouse where you ship your cards, you have an account kind of like a check out my cards or com see where it kind of stores them there. And then you can yeah. just take them out whenever. Okay, great.
1: Yeah, it's exactly this. And um, they, they offer tons of other stuff. They, they have a little shop as well, where you can buy just top loaders and, and, and,
0: and one touches and stuff.
1: Um, it's, it's super convenient to use a uh, great service. I think it's uh, comparison to the value they, they give to you it's very affordable and um just works yeah like like clockwork um
0: as as a as a again someone who's international um one thing i kind of wonder or this makes me think of is you know we always talk about or you probably see this too of oh let's grow the hobby blah 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 but then i see a company like this and again after we're talking sitting here it's like I can totally see how a company like that provides a massive service for somebody, again, like yourself internationally. And I wonder, I'm like kind of surprised and maybe they're out there, but that we don't see more services kind of targeting the international audience. You know, I see I think we see a lot of these U.S. companies coming out with the same types of service that we've already seen by three other companies. And it's like, I don't know, to me, I'm surprised there's not more, you know, targeted growth internationally through a company like this. Like this just seems like an awesome innovation by them. It is yeah I'm I'm frankly
1: also surprised uh, by the by the lack of competition I guess competition comes more from from existing players obviously like eBay or PSA even to offer vault, vault services uh, ultimately that that could be a substitute um but but yeah truly I think especially in in the US where this is not as much of an issue I always feel like ship my cards is hugely underappreciated for the value they bring to to the collection community outside of the US and I guess the market, is, it just isn't big enough for them to ultimately grow even fast. Although, I, you know, looking at the numbers uh, that you occasionally see on Instagram when they post stuff, they have grown massively. Um, so, yeah, once again, you know, shout out to these guys they, 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 w- without them, it just wouldn't be possible. I, I could I could never buy it. You know, some of these cards that you see on the screen, here, yeah, they are yeah, 20 bucks, uh, 10 bucks even. Right. Um, and I still want them and I still have a, you know, have a. Emotional connection to them. They, 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 they. are just you know right up there with with uh, some of the more expensive cards. You would never send a card like this to Singapore, right? Because logistics and everything would just make this card, uh, uh, you know, twice, twice the cost. Yeah. Um, so for that, it's great.
0: No, totally awesome. So I think now, um, if we could zoom in on, I, I know when you first sent me, um, this photo, I right away my eyes were drawn to these 2002 finest cards that we see in front of us. Um, And I know just again, for anyone listening, what I have shown is a top photo is four cards that are the same parallel that you can explain to us what they are. And then we have one card that's its own parallel. That's even more, I mean, cool looking, probably they're both very similar. And then photo below, we have a better angle that kind of shows you just the shine and the pop of this parallel and how good it looks. Uh, So can you tell me what these cards are here? And I guess throw in, how the heck did you find all of these? I mean, (laughs) I can't (laughs) believe it.
1: Yeah, that's a good question, especially being being so far away from the from the epicenter of of card collection. So, so what what we're seeing on the screen are the two thousand two uh, top's finest um, extractor hotbox uh, parallels, numbers uh, out of twenty, and um, yeah, they just as you said, they just pop. Um, it's it's it, I mean, this specific product is not uh, a new refractor type. I mean, these have been around since ninety six. Bowman had them already. Vic actually has an earlier um Bowman Chrome Extractor parallel that has a very similar uh, refractor effect. Um but these still there's there's something to them uh they just pop differently. Um obviously the entire set also has some absolute you know Gold Hall of Fame players uh you, you own a couple of them and they're just amazing. I mean they are they're extremely low numbered uh, which for instance the Vic rookie card isn't it's not numbered there are rumors that it's just a print run of about 220 but these are numbered out of 20. And um the, you know, the scarcity and this being big second year just makes it a very attractive uh, product. And I'm happy that one of these, I'm not sure which one is, is jersey numbered uh, seven out of 20. So that makes it all that, all that much sweeter.
0: It's so amazing. And I got to ask, um, so I, I know you had kind of mentioned at the beginning, some of the, some of the time, as you learn the shiny kind of market and what's out there for players, you know, you'd mentioned kind of a second year card sometimes being to you more desired, desirable than a, you know, a first year card, like if you had to pick, you could only have one. Would you take this over that 2001 Bowman, uh, Bowman Chrome x rookie? Do you think you prefer these? I just out of curiosity.
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, th- that's exactly why, why I love being a player collector and where that, I guess th- that mind shift uh, changes from got to focus on the rookies. That's where the value is. So that's where, you know, the, the, the sustainability of value comes in and you just start ignoring this and really look at the cards of that specific player that, are more attractive to you due to the scarcity or due to, due to whatever else. Um, and I, I, I love the extractor, the, the Bowman Chrome one, uh, the rookie one. I, um, I know that's also very low pop. I think the PSA nine only has a pop of seven or eight. Um, so the, they, they are not, not, uh, you know, that available, but these are still, still hit differently due to the numbering. Right. Um, and, and once you, once you, once you collect the block, once you collect it all, numbering obviously becomes a a big part of of the attractiveness. And yeah, 20 20 is pretty pretty low. You see on the top right, there's the gold refractor, which is actually out of 25. I always kind of like, I guess you can say quirky sets like this, where the gold is is, uh, numbered higher than another parallel. So that just makes the the extractor. So I was listening...
0: I was listening back um, this past weekend on my drive to an episode I did with uh, Joey, who goes by at the E-Trader. If you like this episode, I'm sure you'll like that one as well. So just a toss toss out there for that episode if you enjoy this one. Um, so th- what I talked to Joey about was the fact that, like, to me, this year of cards is 2002 finest, this set. I think this is like peak parallels for me. Like, I just love the idea of it right there. You got the extractor. We already talked about at 20. You got the base, obviously. Um, then you have the gold refractor out of 25. Then you have a refractor that I think is out of 199 or 250. Do you recall? I think 199. I think it's,
1: I don't think it's numbered. I have it over there in the end of storage, but um, it might be 199, but I think it's not numbered actually.
0: Okay. I, I, I love the fact that that's like, that's it. Like, that's it. Right? Yes. You have a little bit of everything. I don't know. Do you feel the same? Like do, when you start getting later on and there's all these parallels, oh, sure, yeah. it get overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. yeah I
1: love, I, I love pure sets like this. And, um, admittedly there are some awesome refractor types in, you know, the later years where they have th- these so-called rainbows, but, um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a purist when I, when it comes to collecting and I, and I like the, the, the limitation of refractor types and, um, uh, yeah, I think that that is one one part of what makes this this set really shining.
0: Awesome, appreciate it. So next, we'll step over, and you know, we talked a little bit about rookies. Um, these are three honorable mention, and I think your, the way you'd put it, your your favorite three of the five rookies that you gave me that we're going to talk about here. Um, so I love if you could just kind of step through, and then um, as well explain what we're looking at so someone who's just listening without the visual knows what we're looking at so feel free to tar- start with whichever card you'd like but I'd, I'm excited to hear the story here of how you got these cards what they mean to you that sort of thing
1: sure sure yeah happily yeah so these are three three of my you know the, the favorite rookie cards it's obviously difficult to, to pick among among the many um, what you see on the far left is a 2001 Donruss elite um, status uh, status out of seven. Um, pretty cool because you know, obviously, the entire numbering is is Vic's uh, jersey number. Um, it's it's an official rookie card with a Falcons logo, but he's still in his VTech uh, jersey, for which also I always have a you know strong emotional connection. I, I kind of love his, his uh, VTech cards, while well, they're not necessarily college cards. So this is an official product, and and it just it, yeah, a, a more nostalgic way of also looking at parallels, just like uh, what you just said. It's not a refractor, as you know, these days, it's ultimately just a foil, but this card just shines, uh, just kind of pure gold. It's almost like holding a, a gold nugget against, against the light, and it has the, that very odd-looking uh, die cut to it, and I'm super happy. I graded this myself. I'm super happy it, it, it became a, a Mint 9. It's going to be a monster
0: is. grade. And are these, is this like a pop one? Have you ever seen another copy of this card? There's obviously. another one. Yeah, there's another. I was
1: surprised. There's another copy on, on eBay actually right now. So whoever's interested in, in buying this, uh, <laughs> I'm not given the price that it's listed for and I'm happy with this one. But um, yeah, there's, I think, I think it's a pop two. Um, and uh, and in total, I think three or four are graded. Uh, unfortunately, I missed the the seven out of seven uh, number card card. Uh, a while back i think it went on golden and i'm not on golden so uh, but it's 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 a sweet card and again very nostalgic with a with a vtech jersey you have the um the, the you have the the fonts on the card also very odd you know the i'm not sure what you call it in the English, but
0: it looks in like a cursive, cursive. right rookie yeah. is written
1: in cursive then the falcons is written in like times new roman the status is written in a different font it's just a weird card and especially looking at Donruss these days i guess it's. I don't want to say joked about, but it's a very, very low end type of uh, product, and these these Donruss elites. I mean, back then in the early 2000s, Donruss was a was a mega product in football. Um, so I just love love it for that. It's a it's a um, it's a very uh, unusual. Kind.
0: I've learned over time with this podcast that you player collectors, I'm I'm, I'm going to bulk bulk you in with the player collectors I've interviewed. He has like weird cards and I love it. I mean, it's not, <laughs> like we've always been talking about, it's not about the value. It's not about, you know, resale like, cause you just don't care. You know, it's just like for you, how yeah. cool is it that, like you already said it's got the Virginia tech Jersey, like for most people that'd be a detriment, but for you, it's probably yeah. a cool part of the history of the card. And I mean, that's just awesome to me. Yeah. So what's the second card here you want to touch on? So the second one is a
1: 2001 uh, FLIR EX Essential Credential Futures uh, numbered out of 29. Uh, also graded this myself in a, a near mint, mint 8. And and this one also is a I guess you can call it underappreciated. It, it's a card that never really pops on photos. Um, I also thought well at least twice before actually purchasing it. Um, but once you hold it in hand, that that blue half of that of that of the background there. It just has that shimmer to it that you don't really see in any other other cards. And once again, another refractor, as you would know them these days. It's numbered out of twenty nine, by the way. And um, yeah, just a cool card. I think uh, the the um, the coloring is amazing. That blue is just so so saturated. Um, it also has a has a almost a three D effect of sorts, which once again you don't really see. But how Vic's throwing arm is like going through the Falcons logo, it's hard to describe, but it's a, it's, it's a cool card. And there is a, is a base uh, card in gray. And I think there's an, an auto card as well. Um, I'm not sure if that's numbered or not, but this is by far the lowest numbered one. And um, yeah, really happy with this one.
0: That's amazing. And I, I this is a set where I, I've obviously through this podcast learned a lot more about. It's not one that I had never really learned a ton about, but I know that typically the future and now they kind of like add up to the same number or something, right? Like, do they add up to something specific for this set here for the video? Well, yeah, it,
1: I don't know about this set specifically. I'm sure it does. I just um, okay. um, was uh, researching a bit more for the, for the 2004 essential credentials and how it works is they, they number... So the entire the, the, the numbering the maximum numbering is the entirety of cards. So if there are sixty cards in the set, the highest numbering is sixty uh, for the last player. So you would have player number one. I think in the two thousand four, actually, it's Peyton Manning. So his he is number one, and his, uh, his now card is one out of one. So it's since he's the card number one, it's it's only numbered out of one. The last player, whoever it might be, then is you know has sixty, and for the for the other for the other parallel, so for the futures, it's the other way around. So Manning would be sixty, and he has sixty of those, and the one player that in the other one is numbered out of sixty gets the one-on-one, and so Vickers, at least for the two thousand four one, he's kind of in the middle. Um, I think he's numbered out of forty in the future, and then out of twenty in the in the now. Um, but it's it's a, it's just an interesting way of how the numbering works, and I'm obviously not explaining it very well. But you know that's the kind of stuff that, that at least you want to dig a little bit deeper once you once you're researching the sets.
0: Yeah. Now you're giving me a reason to go look at it more, especially yeah. if it's, Peyton is the first card. That's kind of crazy. I don't know queen, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And so, what's the third card we have here? And I see a nice, interesting ex- inscription. So I'm excited to hear about this one.
1: Yeah, that well, that's obviously the big the big uh, charm of this card. So this is a uh, 2001 playoff contenders uh, championship ticket uh, out of 100. So arguably also one of his is better and lower numbered uh, rookie cards. And um, I have a couple of those without inscriptions, but this year is hand inscribed by Vic, and it has his auto on it. And below this it says 2001 NFL number one pick, NFL uh, quarterback. Uh, record uh, 6109 uh, rush, I guess, rushing yards obviously, so it's pretty cool, so he hand-inscribed this on, on that card I guess, at a signing somewhere and um, that record is still, I mean, he still holds that record, while many of his records have been broken in the past, this one he still holds, I think number two is uh, Cam Newton, which, I mean, who will not break it, uh, Lamar is the only active player that's on, on number four, I think, with probably still a thousand rushing yards to go. So let's, let's see how that plays out. I also don't really care, but it's just cool to know, you know, rare rookie card. Vic obviously held this in his hand, not just signed it, but took the time to, you know, write number one draft pick, uh, r- rushing record. It's, it's just pretty cool. And I always love inscriptions on cards that just give that little extra to, to the yep. autograph. And, and frankly, no, no offense to Mike Vick in case he's watching it, but he just doesn't have the prettiest, prettiest signature. Um, and so I, I just love the fact that this adds a little adds a little extra.
0: Awesome, really appreciate the story here. I like how you mentioned too the hand inscribed because like to me like it's it's interesting to think about. I've never thought of it this way, but like you know, a typical set I would imagine they're getting a hundred cards. Like say this was a hundred, he was autoing all of them originally with the set. I'm sure he yeah. just scribbled down, scribbled down, scribbled down next card. But this is kind of cool because obviously, like you mentioned, you definitely know he took the time to like write on it. You know. A little, a little more unique. That's that's pretty cool. Yes. Awesome. So then fourth slide, or sorry, then next, sorry, four and five cards here are, um, they're, still, they're still rookies, but there are two that I couldn't fit on the first slide. So that's why they're on this <laughs> slide here. Uh, what are we looking at in front of us here?
1: No, I, I think it's actually nice that you separate it because I, I always think of, well, no, I do believe every player has that. That one rookie card. Um, yeah. While there are, you know, m- many many rookie cards that are attractive and valuable, and maybe the rookie card is not the most valuable one. But when it comes to Michael Vick, I always think that his 2001 Bowman Chrome, especially the gold refractor, is is the rookie card. Um, that's just the, the the Grail card. If anybody ever starts with collecting Vick, uh, that's where I would start. Uh, no matter how many different parallels now I'm chasing through, you know, all the different years. That is the one card uh, that I'm also chasing here. I'm kind of sad. I only have the, in the PSA eight right now. I think I have six or seven of them. I have two raw copies that I'm really, really hopeful to be able to uh, to mint. Um, but this, uh, this to me is one.
0: You have six or seven of these sitting around. I
1: I have I have six in a PSA eight. I have one in a, a BGS 8.5 and I have two raws that I'm hope, hoping to. To beat the eight out of so this is really my absolute chase card in terms of great. So once you have you you know there's a difference. Once you obtain a certain card, you kind of uh, fix that itch to have that card. But especially with a with a with a with an iconic card like this, uh, ideally I have this as a as a ten, obviously. But um, let's see. I'm hoping for that nine. Uh, this is numbered out of ninety nine, um, which also to me makes it just slightly more attractive than the. Um, arguably, you know, some might say his top scrum black refractor is the rookie card number out of 100. So this is one one less. Plus, it's gold. You know, gold always beats black in my in my opinion. Plus, the image is just. I mean, th- th- that's th- that's Vic, right? He's just running out of the pocket, looking for that last pass or looking to rush. Um, the color just pops nicely. the whole the, the whole set is amazing. That's one year after the um, the Brady uh, rookie Bowman. And I just love the set. I love the image. Um, so if if I would ever, ever only have to rescue one single card or advise somebody to obtain one single V-card, that would be it.
0: I love to, um, you know, you mentioned the Bowman Chrome and the tie to Brady a little bit. That's what this, I couldn't figure out what this font and the text reminded me of, but that's exactly what it reminds me of is the yeah. Brady rookie card. That Bowman Chrome font in the corner just looks really crisp and nice. It complements yeah. the color, other colors of the card very well, it seems like.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Also, you had me, my jaw was dropped when you said you had, you casually were like, oh, six, I have seven, I have eight. You know, I'm like, you're the you're the guy where it's like, someone starts collecting a player like, oh, where are all of these? Where did they all go? Oh, they're in <laughs> Singapore. You know, they're gone. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I, I think that's the only card though. Um, On the, the, the entire set, that's one where, and I, I have to admit I'm a bit of a hoarder. Um, I, 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 do, I do like to then own, I guess, or just you know, have a certain size of the pop count or of the print run, um, w- which I could totally get. And I accept people that think that's stupid to just, you know, uh, to 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 amass, you know, loads of the same card, also making them not obtainable to somebody else. But I just love it, you know. If I love a card, I want to have as many as I can, and just increase increase my share of the pop count. Um, so on the left-hand side, uh, just to, just to now, now uh, tie into this, um, admittedly or definitely much much rarer of a parallel, these they really don't pop up so often. Uh, there's no numbering on it, so so they are the same uh, for the people listening on the podcast. Two thousand one Bowman Chrome certified autograph. So the card itself is just a simple refractor, but it has the that uh, Bowman uh, um, autograph stamp on it, and below it looks like a sticker, but they actually just added an, like a foil that's integrated in the card, so it's 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 on card autograph, which you see because Vic's signature runs over that sticker and is on the card. Um, and the um, the card is not numbered, but it's it's rumored to be just out of twenty five. And just by looking off how seldom these pop up, I can totally totally see that um, this is a PSA nine. Uh, I'm lucky to have three of those uh, actually, which uh, they also very very much in, in in signature. As I said, Mike Vic doesn't have the the tidiest and neatest uh, signature. So this is the one with the with the crispest one. You see many of those also from Drew Brees and other other rookies where the signature is just entirely faded. Um, so this one here, luckily, is still quite uh, quite fresh.
0: That's the one cool part about Vic that I think um, you know kind of slips my mind and I kind of forget about the fact of how cool and great this draft class was. Two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Like you have Drew Brees. You have I think Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah. You know, Michael Vick. Is there anyone else I'm missing here?
1: No, I think these are the, the these are the big three uh, yeah, for sure. There are others, but I'm yeah, I've not uh, dove deep enough into the rookie class to know. But these are the top three. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, all all legendary players.
0: That's so cool. I love when you have that trio of Hall of Famers in a set. You know, there's a bunch that a lot in the '80s that that happened. '98, you know, with Randy Moss and Peyton Manning and Woodson, mm-hmm. which I enjoy collecting. So I'm sure there's people out here who enjoy you know collecting this specific draft class. That's awesome. All right, so now we move to the shiny, shiny, shiny stuff that is uh, non-rookie. And these all look very unique, very different. And hopefully, you know, for those of you listening, are some parallels or sets that you've never heard of or seen before because, um, you know, there's one on here in particular that I'll be honest, I didn't know this existed until I first saw it from you, which is that second card there. And it Mm -hmm. blew my mind when I saw it. So I'm pretty excited to touch on these here. Which one do you want to start with?
1: I'll just take it left to right. Uh, so yeah, as you said, so these are all non rookie cards, also not the most expensive ones. But these are just cards that I love for for its uniqueness, for for the refractor effect. And as you said, you know so some some of them are just not really just not really out there. So um, on on the left, it's uh, 2002, so second year tops pristine. I've always been a big sucker for pristine. I think hugely underrated, especially like between 2001, 2000, uh, yeah, 2000. Two two thousand four. Mm-hmm. That's some pretty cool cards. So this is the two thousand two gold refractor, um, numbered out of
0: seventy nine.
1: Seventy nine. Numbered out of seventy nine. Uh, this is a PSA ten, and I just love gem mint cards that are just naturally so difficult to gem. So this has, what do you call it? Like a riffled, riffled edge.
0: Yeah. I think, um, I always say die cut, but that's incorrect. I think it's called perforated is what you would say. Okay, it's like perforated, so it's, it's
1: perforated, uh, 360 degrees around the entire card. Um, the, the image is amazing. The color match is amazing. And, um, it just, yeah, especially because Pristine is not much talked about. And I think uh, you just shared with me a Brady card you jammed uh, the other day. I, I just love 2002, 2003, 2004 Pristine. They have, I mean, they were called Pristine for a reason, right? Just like Finest, I think Finest didn't get enough love for, for the longest time. I always feel like there was a reason why Tops named those products Pristine and Finest. And, um, This one particularly, and once again talking about uh, pop count, not bragging at all, but I just love the fact that this is uh, surprisingly a pop three, the PSA 10, and I own all three of them, which is. Uh, just-
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I know where the other two are. No, you have. I, I do. This. It's so I awesome. know where they are. They are, yeah. they are
1: with me here in my in my cabinet.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. And so ironically, the reason I shot off that out of 79s, I have a Peyton Manning that I gem myself as well that I think is a pop two. And I know where the other one is. I don't have it, but um, it's, uh, I think it's, I can't remember. His name's Curtis, um, but he he has the other one. So it's kind of cool. I love this set. And this was actually, you know, for those of you listening, um, I wanted to kind of get into these runs, like these golds. And I felt like for me, like for Peyton Manning, for instance, there's so many years. It was overwhelming. So I actually started with Pristine and it was really satisfying because there's only the, you know, all three years. I don't know about Vic, but like Peyton Manning, it's just the gold, the refractor, both of which are numbered, pretty low numbered. And then the base, just base card. So you can actually yep. finish a set for all three years. Again, reasonably, I think they're pretty cheap compared to the other sets too. I don't know. I think so know. too. Even the Brady, I,
1: I, I have a I have a gold and a regular reflector Brady, mm-hmm. and they are still comparatively obtainable. I think pristine just doesn't get enough love, and uh, I personally think this is they, they, they will they will age very well and hold value quite well because they're currently not not priced very highly. It's a great car. They just it's just a high quality product.
0: Yeah. The other thing is too, I I just kind of thought of this as you said that, but like, what else are you going to look for in 2002? Like these finest, you can't find. I mean, just to be honest, like the x golds are obscenely hard to find. Well, you've had a lot of luck, obviously, which is amazing. But then like too, I can't even, like tops Chrome, you just have the black refractor, right? So for those yeah. who like the golds, there's really, I mean, there's no other options, which I think is awesome. That's, That's again, not yeah, to yeah. hype the setup, I'm biased, but like, I just really like this set. I think it looks great as well. Like every, I agree with everything you've said.
1: Yeah. Well, but maybe maybe this was Top's kind of product strategy, right? To keep it fairly limited in the in the base set in the Top's Chrome set, and then outsource the more prestigious uh, or pristine and finest products to different different uh, products on it on together. Yeah. Which, maybe. yeah, just uh, they don't make them like this anymore.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, they don't make them like they used to. Whatever people say, that's cool. Yes. So what's the so yeah? So I got to say this. The second card here is one like I just mentioned. Um, I actually two weeks ago or last is two weeks ago. Now I, someone came on and had the Ladanian Tomlinson of this card. And what's Mm. interesting is you were the first person I ever saw this card of, I didn't know it existed. So I'd love if you could kind of touch on this card and explain where you found it. How did you even find out it existed? That kind of thing. I'd love to hear some info here.
1: Um, so, so first of all, this is the 2004 finest, um, refractor extractor, whatever that means. Once again, with the perforated edges, um, the, the the 2004 finest product also is a, is an interesting one. It it also doesn't get much love. It has a, a to my knowledge three parallels only. One is a refractor, or four refractor, gold refractor, X refractor, and this refractor extractor which has the perforated edges. And frankly, all four cards look virtually the same. Um, the the extractor effect also is not that prominent that it would differentiate it all that much. So the cards all look very very similar. But they're very differently numbered, and what I love about this card here, once again, hard, hard to to uh, grade because of the perforated edges. This is numbered out of five, so an insanely low-numbered uh, parallel. Which I don't know where I found this one. I, I bought one off eBay, the one, uh, another one from from an Instagram friend, and um, I have one in, in the PSA six, one in PSA seven. They just yeah, they're hard to grade. But I just love the fact that they are numbered out of five and look so similar to those that are not numbered and out of 150 with the, with the edges just being the only differentiator. So very, very subtle. Um, but once again, if you, if you collect a player, that's exactly those. These are the small nuances that, um, that are meaningful to you and maybe not to somebody else.
0: So did I hear that right? You have three of these? Two. No, I have two. two. Okay, that's insane. (laughs) Again, just insane. (laughs) Anyone would be lucky to have one. And you've, with skill, I'm sure, it takes skill to find these. You have two, which is incredible. That's so awesome. Awesome. So the third card here, what are we looking at?
1: So the third card, um, probably the the, the highest numbered uh, card on that list, but I just absolutely love it for so many different reasons. This is a 2011 Topps Chrome uh, Crystal Atomic Refractor. So I love it for is this is a PSA ten. Um, I love it first of all because this is Vic's comeback here. I love it because of uh, whoever the Giants player is who's laying on the back where Vic is just rushing past him. This is from that comeback game. Um, there's a there's a, w- 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 there's an expression for that game. What do you call this? It's like um, um ah, I forgot about it. Then. There's a name for that game because the the, the Eagles they they oh they the, the,
0: the the miracle at the Meadowland or something like yeah that. Meadowland um, they, thank you oh, yeah that's my yeah. football knowledge is better than I thought I remember this but so he, because this is early on in the year right in the who is the I can't remember who the quarterback was I want to say Kevin Cobb that could be wrong but he got hurt whoever the starter was right and then Vic came yes. in and had a crazy comeback
1: exactly so that card is from that game oh, and wow. I think that's and that's and that's that game that really when you know manifested Vic back into the league. Um, and, um, yeah, I guess also kind of rejuvenated him, and then, you know, uh, uh, helped him to continue on a, on a fairly successful run run with the Eagles. So that card is from that game. So really kind of Vick's rookie Eagle card, if you want to call it this. Um, and this is numbered out of 139, so fairly high. But that refractor effect, out of all refractors I've seen in my entire life, this one is at least top three. Um, to me, this is kind of the equivalent of the 2002 finest Um mm-hmm. And, you know, funny enough, because this is now Vic with the Eagles, the other one was, was Vic with the Falcons, two very, very yeah, prominent, um, shiny refractor effects, uh, so, so different. Although this isn't the the OG cracked ice, I think, uh, you know, the earlier Bowman's best in 98, 99, they already had a, a similar effect. But this wasn't really on a chrome card, right? This was more foil uh, foil uh, uh, technology. But this, this one, here, especially compared to the Panini cracked ice ones, there's just uh, no comparison. These they just pop so differently, and um, yeah, I love the card. I just I just have have to put it up there. It's probably not even more than a than a hundred dollar card, I guess. But I just I just love it.
0: That's the part I love about football cards. When I mentioned it being kind of the wild wild west, like there's like all these parallels and sets like this, for instance, that are just so affordable. And it's always crazy to me when you see what these modern quarterbacks sell for. When you have a a Michael Vick that looks this amazing and it's a PSA 10. That's probably like not even a hundred bucks. Like it just goes to show you if people have nostalgic players that they like, I think you'd be surprised what you can find and you'll learn about yeah. and that sort of thing. That's amazing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the, I think the Brady, the Brady goes for three K and a PSA nine or something like this. Right. So yeah, as you said, I, I, I much rather take, take the, uh, the competition is, is, uh, is too high for the other players.
0: Certainly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, you got that right. That's for sure. I got to ask too. So you mentioned, you know, Eagles jersey here. Um, it, do you like the fact that he has all the different teams and kind of steps through his story? Like I would imagine, you know, obviously, you know, as myself as a fan of players, it's always great when they stay with the team forever. But What I kind of like about Vic and maybe you're the same is like, like you said, there's all these chapters, like he came back and it wasn't expected. He was this good. And even like with the Steelers, right? I mean, it's not like he didn't provide any value there. Like, it's just really cool. Not a lot of players do that with that many teams. Do you find you're not you know yourself thinking the same way here for Michael Vick?
1: I I, I do now. I didn't didn't always. Um, I didn't really look much into his Eagles cards for a long time because for me, Vick has always been you know. Falcons and um I love also then you know the the earlier years and I love the nostalgia I, I I kind of just knew him always as a Falcon because I've had this long stretch where I just didn't really follow follow football or him at all so the Eagles stuff wasn't too interesting to me until I then really researched and you know uh, looked up and uh, uh, saw more of his uh, Eagles comeback story and um and, and 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 I do like that this is a the second chapter and he kind of reinvented himself uh came back strong obviously I I don't like and I do appreciate the the controversy for the fact that there are different chapters I think that's uh, something that obviously stings uh, a bit there um, but then again I I do like that there are different chapters and then throughout the years with uh, with the Jets and now on the, the fourth moving on to the fourth card you do actually see a couple of cool cards of him in different jerseys but ultimately if I would have to choose I would always take cards of him in a in a, in a Falcons uh, jersey
0: Yeah, no, totally. I like the word you used too. there, like remade him remade himself because I didn't realize either. Like I just knew you always knew the controversy with him. And I never knew a lot of the context besides what he did. But then it was I watched like a football life. It's like a documentary they made from the NFL network on YouTube. I was really surprised how much he changed and seems to have grown afterwards, which made me respect him a lot more. I know he does a lot with charity with animals and like stuff like that, which is just really cool because I think like nowadays, you know, people don't really, a lot of times seems like, get a second chance, but he did and made the most of it, which is just awesome, I think.
1: Yes, yeah, I agree. So the fourth
0: card here, what do we got? Yeah, the fourth card,
1: this is probably my only uh, non-active playing year card, um, because he wasn't, this is from 2018, Panini Spectra um, Nebula, and um, I think he played for the Steelers in 2015 or so, so this is this is his, I think, his first card after, after retirement. To my knowledge, and I think it's true, it's the only card of his in a Steelers jersey ever, um, which is why I like it, um, because there are just no other, other cards around. The cool thing is, with the Steelers, he changed the jersey number to two. This one is numbered out of two, and this is the two out of two in a PSA 10, obviously, being a, being a pop one. So I just like it for that. Once again, I would never even consider to buy a, a non-active uh, a year card of any other player, but with Vic, this is different. Of him being in the Steelers jersey, being so low numbered, and and the card just pops nicely. He has these these pink uh, uh, cleats on um, with the with the black and and yellow uh, jersey, um, Steelers uniform. It just it's just an awesome awesome looking card.
0: Oh, that's amazing and really interesting. Again, another example of like a not a mainstream card whatsoever, but a, a really unique and cool card for, I can imagine as a player collector, you see this on eBay or something and you're like, what the heck is that? I got to go, you know, I got to pick that up and add that. That's really awesome. Yeah, that's the, it's the only card I
1: ever bought on, uh, what is it, that, that platform called? My Slaps. My Slabs, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I bought it draw. I didn't, can you buy rock? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I bought a yeah. drawn of My Slabs. Um, also for very, yeah, Very affordable price. And yeah, they're different. You know, I would, it's the only Nebula or Spectra card I own because they have so many parallels uh, out of 49, out of 30, out of whatever. Some of these they go for 20, 30 bucks. But once again, that new jersey numbered numbering um, is just pretty, pretty cool out of two.
0: Awesome. So Benedict, are you ready? We're going to move on to your Mount Rushmore. I don't know. Do you have a drum roll effect or something? I didn't bring one today. I forgot. No, no, I
1: don't. I don't. Plus I see these so often that I I don't need the, the drum roll for it. But, uh, yeah, this is the Mount Rushmore and I like how you arrange them. You kind of go Falcons, Eagles, Eagles,
0: Falcons there.
1: Um, Probably and... by
0: accident. Don't give me credit. That was a total accident. But <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no. Credit, credit by credit is, is due. I, uh, subconsciously maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So this is the the Mount Rushmore that you that you asked for, which I think is it was it was an interesting uh, challenge for myself to just kind of see which ones uh, were there, and uh, as you know, I had a hard time choosing, and I had to dissect and <laughs> uh, create different categories of cards. Now, but if it really comes down to it, both in terms of Rarity, iconic cards, and probably also here value. Although value is not really ever something I, I look at uh, with the big cards. These are probably the, the top four. So going from left to right is uh, the first one is a is a full equipment shield, one of one. The parallel is called Mirror Black um, Leaf Certified, and it's an it's an amazing looking card. These these equipment shields, to my knowledge, also were quite limited. I think they only had them in the NFL for a couple of years. And, um, you sometimes see those in cards, but they're kind of, kind of, you know, cut off by the window of the, the, of the patch. And you don't often see the full equipment NFL shield in a card. And, um, I love the, the way the card is arranged. It actually has a super nice, uh, refractor of a foil, foil effect to it. And the card really shines. It's the, it's the only raw card here in all of my, uh, uh, listings. I'm going to send this off to PSA soon and, uh. Hope, hope for uh, well hope for any great really. it doesn't matter one of one
0: yeah no that's that's totally amazing and obviously this is game used. correct i'm sure you mentioned it but i just want oh, yeah. to be sure so, yep, yes absolutely. yes it is do, do you have any knowledge on how many let's just say specifically the full equipment shields which i know are very desired do you know how many of those are out there for vic if you had to guess
1: so I know of uh, one more with the, with the Eagles uh, uniform, um, which again, just kind of makes this one more attractive to me. I know, I know uh, and I'm in contact with the owner on Instagram of the, of the Eagles card. Uh, it's not for sale and, and props to him. I, I'm, I'm happy that he uh, you know, has a good home with, with that gentleman. Uh, but to my knowledge, only, only these two, uh, which doesn't mean that there, there aren't many uh, more out there. But I, I, I guess, you know, by right, these should be quite limited.
0: Yeah. And if it's not established already, anyone who's listening and you go to a show in the U.S. or the National or something... Give Benedict a message if you see something cool. I mean, I think please, that's just please, expected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously you can see these are great. This would be a great home for any awesome card. And now it's funny after talking and hearing the passion, I'm like, man, I gotta find you another card. I got you one. I gotta, I gotta find you some more.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, I've been, I've been so blessed. Um, you know, from hobby friends like yourself, and and people, people do text me from card shows. I mean, I've never been to a card show my entire life. I'm not even sure if I ever go. I don't know if there are card shows outside of the US, anyways, but for sure there aren't anywhere where I have lived for the past uh, 15, 20 years. And, uh, and it's amazing. you know, so, so many of these cards, and probably most of the cards that I really love uh, and that are rarer, uh, are indeed from people that would have thought about me, uh, look out for me from card shows, um, or they do go to, to, to card stores and they see a card um and i've actually had you know one uh, one instagram friend called jesse from flippity flip cards i think you know him as well um he texted me one day and he said dude i just saw the most amazing uh, vic car. it's a flea showcase one of one and he said oh, i found this in this a lot of different cards and it was in it and i just snatched it because i knew you would love it and i just bought it i'm happy to keep it but if, if you want i'm just gonna you know pass it on to you for the same price that i bought it i was like man that's that's love right there. You know, he, he went, and it was not also not a cheap, cheap card, right? So he went out there, he bought it, um, obviously thinking, I guess he would he would be happy to keep it, but he bought it for that price uh, that he paid. He then, you know, immediately texted me, said, hey, I bought this. You want to, it's yours if you want to have it. And and that was amazing. I haven't, I don't have it listed here. Sorry, Jesse, uh, no no offense to the card. I have it here, actually. I have it laying with me. Here, it's, I'll,
0: uh, I'll get rid of the slide so we can see it a little better. It's, uh,
1: you, don't, you don't see it's the one on the sleeve. Um,
0: a gorgeous card, very. It's shiny. A, it's a nice card. It's an
1: amazing card. It's a one of one flair showcase. It's it's pretty cool because they used to be called flair Show, showcase. You know them probably from from basketball more, um. And so yeah, shout out to Jesse. That was a was a very nice uh, transaction. And 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 many of those. I mean, the equipment kind of came about in a similar way. The the last card I'm gonna gonna share in a second came about in a you know at at least through through relationships and just having established. Uh, relationships, friendships with with uh, you know people like yourself in the hobby and and that's amazing. Especially looking at the distance that that is covered between us uh, to obtain these cards, it's it's amazing.
0: Yeah, Jesse's a great hobby friend. I just picked up some cool cards from him recently too. I love how he he's a big proprietor. I can tell of getting cards in the hands of collectors, which is really cool. I think you know he does that before probably throwing them on an eBay or you know consigning or something, which is really neat. um And one question I want to ask that kind of came to mind, I. I Wish I'd maybe asked this earlier, but, um, what is your, what is your inspiration for collecting in terms of like a community? Is it strictly through Instagram that you're able to like share your cards and connect with people? Or have you met any collectors locally whatsoever? Or is all of your collecting and sharing it's been facilitated through Instagram pretty much?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it has. I mean, you are actually the first person I meet at least virtually. Um, and no, the rest is just Instagram and mm-hmm. You know, big, big disclaimer, I'm not a social media guy at all. My private Instagram has one single post from 15 years ago, post of me and my wife when we were still dating. And and I have like 23 followers and I follow 10 people. Um, And the whole Instagram thing really not because I like, you know, I like the attention. or like social media, but really just to build these relationships and and I guess create attention, as you said, for people to look out for, for stuff. And there's just so much kindness um among certain people um but then again so so much of it that people go out of their way to just just as you said make sure the the right cards they make it to the right collection and um yeah so instagram is yeah and no other platform I, i don't use facebook i think facebook is just flooded with with junk and it's too difficult for me to find stuff as well um and, and that's the only platform. I, I only go through Instagram and it, and it works well. I have probably a good handful of people that I interact with regularly and uh, and it's fun. It's awesome. really cool.
0: Appreciate it. Yeah. I was always kind of curious about that because I know for me, I, it's, I'm lucky to have the local friends and, you know, meet them at shows and that sort of thing. But man, I'm, I can just imagine being international if there's not a community that that Instagram is just so key. So that that totally makes sense.
1: It is, yeah. I mean, collecting is, and it's, uh, you know, not not uh, trying to sound melodramatic, but it's yeah. it's it's a very lonely hobby. You know, if you are just here in Singapore, I have uh, one buddy of mine, a good buddy who's a work colleague as well, uh, Tim's Card Collection, shout out to him. Um, he's the only other guy that I know in, in, in Singapore that that collects. And we just kind of started collecting uh, again together, um but otherwise it's pretty lonely um you don't really meet people anywhere and um again that's fine but that that that's what makes instagram so much sweeter to have that have that community there
0: oh definitely makes sense so what's uh what's the second card we have here how many copies do you have and how do i get one of them <laughs>
1: sorry only one and obviously um, not for sale i know it's a set that you that you love uh, love a lot and you do collect. If I, if I would have a second, I would definitely uh, make sure that we, we, we find a good solution for it. So this is, uh, as you know, 2013, uh, first year select Gold Prism numbered out of 10. And um, yeah, just an iconic product. Um, I, I just love these earlier Golds because, you know, they are just Gold. And not like one of the, some of the, 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 the newer uh, or more recent products where Gold is just kind of a, a side note or an afterthought. Um, but these just pop, as you obviously know, because you have so many of them. And um, the cool thing about this one is I, I bought it raw, graded it myself, gemmed it, um, you know, the the joy of, of this. Um, and this is jersey number. This is 7 out of 10. So this is incredible. What,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's like hits everything. I mean, yeah, you have the jersey number. You have the, the PSA 10 here. I would like the fact that it's Eagles and not one of these other teams too. You know, right? It's not Steelers. It's not Jets or something. That's just... Oh, man, just such an awesome card.
1: It is a cool card, yeah.
0: And I like, uh, you know, you touched on, too, the gold color here. I I love, love, love how, like you said, it's just super gold. And I don't know what it is about this, like, 13, 14. And no offense to, like, 2012 Prism that we're going to talk about in a second. But the gold here is just so, like, I don't know, the color they use, something about it. The scans just make them look beautiful, I have to say. They just make them look beautiful yes i i used
1: to be big into into select until they became more widely available and uh had then also all these different parallels um i think select is a fantastic product and once again i think this this will age very well especially the the, the first first year ones um yeah it's just a very also the design of it it's very very classic very um almost traditional kind of looking like right that that the border is 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 curved and uh, it look, looks very elegant
0: yeah it's certainly like, so, second or third card here. Also, I like the border. Uh, what do what do we got here? How did you get it? That sort of thing. We'd love to hear more.
1: Um, well, this one a bit more straightforward in terms of how I obtained it. Uh, 2012 first year prism uh, gold prism out of ten. I think this is two out of ten. So not jersey numbered uh, in a mint nine, and just an iconic product, right? And these have just been getting more and more attention, more and more love. Some people call them the you know the the, the PMGs of our our generation which I, I don't know if I agree to it, but I think they are almost similarly iconic at this stage. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it just pops, right? And once again, it's a cool pose of, of Vic just, uh, you know, kind of looking for a pass or looking for an opening to rush out of the pocket. Uh, the gold here pops as well, um, at, at least as, as as nicely as the select one. And um, just, just an iconic card, uh, really. I, I don't think I have much more kind of history to share uh, or context to share with it, but it's just iconic. And I, I bought it off eBay, I wanted it in, a, in an auction. What was funny is I, I, lo- I lost out on the auction initially. And then I guess the, uh, the, the winner, the, the, the buyer didn't pay and it went up the next day. And so I kind of had a good reference value in terms of what I had to bid. And then I, I won it on the second run, which obviously made me happy. And I've had this now for a couple of years and surely not going to leave my collection.
0: For you, is this one that, um, how do I put this? Like, it's kind of like the card that's out there and you know is the one that you really want to get and is going to be at the top of your collection for a long time. Like, did you immediately view this set as something that you wanted to pursue, or did you kind of figure it out over time that, you know, this was one that you wanted? Yeah. So, um,
1: like, I I guess what I'm trying to say is,
0: like, for me, I picked up that Peyton. It was always that one in the distance that i didn't think i'd ever get to acquire it was like the pillar i knew i wanted this so bad but i just didn't know how to even get it like that sort of thing i was just always that one that was out there for me
1: yeah I, uh, I, I can totally see that and i think it's been like that for me with other cards with this one not so much i got this actually quite early on in in you know doubling down on, on my Vic collection and um i obviously always knew it was an uh, iconic and you know very desirable set um, but I didn't really do more research and started acquiring more, at least, of that, of that set until after. Um, and, uh, but, but, but once again, it's, it's, and I'm not the biggest Panini fan, especially of their you know, gazillion of different parallels these days. But this one still is a very pure uh, set, right? You have the refractor, you have the green, both not numbered. You have the red uh, a, a die cut, not numbered, which is a pretty cool die cut, actually. And so, and I started to buy quite heavily then also into, into those uh, mainly raw and, and graded them. And then obviously for this one and this, I guess, ties into, you know, the, the beauty of the set and the chase after the set, there's still a black finite out there. One yeah. of one and a so-called pylon, which is like an orange um, parallel that was only available for, for on, uh, from online auction uh, back in 2012. So very interesting way to, uh, to distribute and sell those. Um, the black Finite, I know where it is. Shout out to my man Spinotron, who very kindly offered it to me for sale, but unfortunately not at a price that was uh, was um, yeah anything that I could churn out right now. But at least I know where it is. Obviously, with a with a huge uh, passionate collector, so I also uh, uh, I guess I can feel sure that he's not just gonna you know toss it out there. And if if he's ever serious about uh, moving it or lowering the price, hopefully he will he will hook me up. So there's still this is definitely one major major. A chase card for me.
0: Hey, and that one you don't have to use. Ship my cards for, right? I think he's from Singapore, isn't he? uh No, I think he's from China originally. Oh, okay. He's living in in Germany. Funny enough, so I guess I have oh, a so okay.
1: funny funny parallel to to, to my life. Uh, so he's living in Germany in Berlin, and uh, but he's also a heavy. Therefore, he's a ve- very heavy ship my cards user. So, um and I believe his finance is with ship my cards. It's in his ship my cards ball. <laughs> so, so transferring is easy. Yeah, Spino, you know, if you if you're listening. Um, we don't need to make this so difficult just
0: uh... <laughs> <laughs> you got to shoot your shot up publicly that's funny that's awesome i, 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 I ask to... him every once in a while
1: probably probably every every other month or so i just i mean we 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 text occasionally but uh i just always remind him that i'm still interested and i mean it's it's a huge card and then if i i i know from him he does see this also as a pmg ish set in terms of being iconic and you know also in 10, 20, 30 twenty, thirty years—I think—being regarded as something that uh, was definitely a game changer for the for the for the industry, and you know, the black finance—one of one. I mean, uh, frankly, for for any player, yeah, these cards—they they they, uh, they warrant a huge uh, premium, and yeah, Vic uh, s- still gets enough hobby love for him to um, to price this uh, at a premium.
0: Yeah, definitely. I suppose he part of the logic too is go find another one. Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> that's the only one. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I appreciate the insight there. That's really, really interesting to hear your thought process on that. I hope it works out at some point or vice versa, right? If, you know, at least we can appreciate it from afar and you know where it is. Uh, yeah. So what's the fourth card here we have the Mount Rushmore, fourth and final card? So the fourth card here
1: is, yeah, I, I, I would say arguably Vic's uh, biggest uh, rookie, um, biggest RPA card. It's a 2001 SP Authentic signed patch. Um, and very funny Funny product. So, so, so first of all, what I was told actually from somebody at, at PSA, um, Ryan, he um, uh, shared with me that this was the first set that um, included rookie patches. Um, so this is the first set that had rookie patch autos in in football cards. So very iconic set. There are also only three players, I do believe, Breeze, LT and, and Vic, who, who did have indeed uh, RPAs in the set. So very, you know, kind of uh, groundbreaking, game-changing in terms of what else you could do to uh, slap a premium uh, on a card to really add value. Uh, Back then, but this is just from secondary research, I don't know this, but from what I'm told, this was the card to get. This was hotter than any Jordan card, you know, 2001, uh, big, big chase. uh, Vic was all the hype, and uh, this was an extremely popular card. You look at some of the sales histories through card letter or whatever. These cards were going for thousands of dollars in 2001. Wow! And some of those you can get now for 500 bucks. So you know, you just look at any type of asset, any anything in the world, any you know, alternative investment. What wouldn't you want to buy for a cheaper price now than it was 20 years ago? I mean, just look at it from this perspective. These cards were going for thousand, two hundred dollars back in two, uh, in 2001. Which is not, so. So this one here particularly I like because the cards. Attractiveness is really only differentiated through the patch, mm-hmm. um, and I guess the quality or the the crispness of the of the autograph. Um, so this one here now is so they're all numbered out of uh, two hundred and fifty. I should have mentioned this before for the people just listening. They're all numbered out of two hundred and fifty. There's no differentiation. They're no one of ones. No no lower numbered uh, uh, parallels. And this one here has the falcon's head of the falcon's logo in that uh, patch window, which uh, just to me makes it arguably the best rpa card you can you can have there and um yeah that's why i love the card it's just it's a, it's it, it's it's a weird product in a way that it's so high numbered and uh, then has uh, the falcons logo in the same 250 numbering as it would have a you know like a white napkin patch
0: that's what I was gonna ask. So when they have something like I don't know how cards are made, but if there's numbering out of 250 here, are all of these patches coming off of a single jersey or two? Like, do you have any knowledge on that? Because I know the variation is high, right? They have to use every type of every part of yep. the jersey is probably used, right? So I so I assume
1: uh, I I do know, but I think it's written on the card as well, it's it's an event worn patch. It's from the rookie from the rookie shoot. Uh, it might even be that shoot that, that you see on the on, on the card. Um, I guess there, I think there are a lot of lot of SP and a lot of uh, also upper deck cards that are quite obviously from one uh, specific shoot. Um, I would assume they probably take you know uh, the, the 250 250 patches from that one jersey. Although I'm sure that he would have won uh, many on that day. Um, but I don't know what the process uh, the process is behind it. I, I do know there are some cards that have just have a plain white patch. Which is ultimately, I always think, more attractive actually than um, than not, because if you look at his jersey, it's obviously a black jersey. It's from the seven, right? So you have a patch that's entirely from the jersey number, which is pretty cool when you think about it. It's just the issue that in that one small you know patch window, you only see it like it's you know a regular napkin napkin patch of the jersey, but it's actually the jersey jersey number.
0: That's awesome. I appreciate yeah. it too. I never realized I've seen this, the specific card in this set before, but it didn't occur to me that this was the first rookies, but it, it kind of makes sense, right? Cause it starts out in basketball. I think the game used jerseys, right? And it was only legends at first. So yeah. I'm, I'd imagine they probably hadn't really thought to put in the rookies for a few years. I would imagine that's probably what happened here, right? I I believe that's what happened, and I think at
1: this stage the rookies they probably haven't even not even played, so I don't think you had a game game worn mm-hmm. jersey. So these are these are from from that shoot, and um, yeah, just, just from hearsay, but from pretty reliable sources, uh, this was the very first time they they ever did this.
0: That's super cool, awesome. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So now, Benedict, we'll jump over to a fast five, which I always like to call my, I'm going to learn everything about you in like two minutes here. Um, so I want to ask first question just to warm us up. Uh, what is your favorite play from Michael Vick's career? If one comes, Is there one that comes to mind for you? Something iconic, whether that's in college or NFL, just something that comes to mind that you really enjoyed?
1: Uh, no, I don't think a very specific one. I, I, I What I do like also looking at it as a, as a comeback story, I believe it was indeed the the first or one of his first, uh, games back, uh, from, you know, his, his, uh, break, uh, playing for the Eagles, they were playing the Redskins and he, he was tossing out this, this insane long, uh, pass to, uh, who was it? Um,
0: Deshaun Jackson.
1: G- Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, and, and what I like about it, obviously you would have expected me to name some kind of ru- rushing, rushing play, but, I mean, Vic had such an underrated left arm. Uh, he was such a good passer, um, and I think that really started to shine even more when he was with the Eagles. And to, to me, that kind of you know summarizes also that comeback story. He, he, he was still good in good at rushing. He was still breaking breaking ankles uh, when he was playing for the Eagles. But you know, just to come back and 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 uh, you know th- throw out passes like this was um, something that I will definitely remember.
0: Definitely. Okay, awesome. And then uh, second question here is, when can I or we listening expect to meet you at the first national convention? Do you think it's within the next couple years? You think maybe it'll be a decade or you don't think you'll ever be able to pull it off?
1: I'm not sure. Logistics, just logistically difficult. Um, The thing for me, and just speaking from a distance without any any bias, um, I've never even seen the the hype around card shows, I, uh, from what I see on YouTube. Um, and I guess it's different if you meet some of your existing friends there and stuff, and it's sort of a tradition to meet there. But to me, I just never felt there was something that I would definitely need to do, um, or to tick, tick off the, off the bucket list, uh, where I thought I must go to a card show. Um, if I ever go, I think I would indeed go to meet people like you in person and not necessarily for the cards. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Probably still a few years out. I I have no plans uh, to travel to the U.S. anytime soon. And wh- where is it, anyways? In Chicago?
0: Um, in, yeah, next year, New Cleveland, City? which would probably be logistically tough. And then after that, Chicago for two years, I think. Yeah.
1: Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. We'll if see, yeah. Business, course, uh, if weird. I'm in the U.S. for business or so, I might I might see if I can drop by
0: be awesome. I suppose for you, part of the dilemma, like, well, like most of us is, you know, you're finding so many cards online. It's like, I don't even know what you'd imagine finding at the show that would, you know, be better than what you already are finding online. I don't know. I run into that even, and I live right by Chicago and I still think yeah. that same thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. So third question, if you could give one tip to your former self in 2020, like just one, you get, you get to say one sentence to yourself before you buy your first card again and go back what would that sentence be to benedict in 2020
1: don't go down the rabbit hole just focus just focus on i i I rushed into this like probably all of us right i mean show me that one dude that picked up collecting again or started collecting and was like no this is what i'm going to restrict myself to that's the budget i set myself that's the player or set focus um I do appreciate the experience because I learned a lot from it. Um, also, learned a lot about cards, but also obviously learned what I shouldn't have done. So, if anybody ever starts now, I would say first research, um, kind of uh, tolerate that itch in your in your fingers to just go out there and buy stuff. First, speak to people, see what you think you do like, and and then focus and um, and try and try to find joy in in, in developing a very targeted collection because. There are just too many things out there. You can, you, can never, you can never approach this from a kind of diversity point of view. I mean, I know you have your focus through certain sets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, partially through certain players. I think that's that's great. And that's what kind of keeps you gives you the, the guardrails. Um, but my former self, I would have said, don't go down that, that rookie chase. Don't buy Michael Porter Jr. cards or whoever uh, is now, I don't know, in jail or out of the league. Because even 40 bucks for any of these cards was was an absolute waste of waste of money. Um, so focus. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good one. I appreciate that. Um, And then fourth question here. If you could only collect one year of cards, one specific year, you can have all the player or sorry, all the parallels, all the sets in that one year. What year would you collect and why?
1: <laughs> that's a really good guy that's, that's a difficult question
0: that was an evil laugh that was almost like uh you know when you watch a movie the the evil person the bad character that's what you just did that's funny
1: yeah the, subconsciously i don't know man uh any year any year any year i guess just logically i have to go with 2001 just because you know i i guess i feel fairly comfortable with 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 that year i know lots of different uh products um Vic obviously has lots of cards in this. Uh, uh, that's, that's that's a tough one, man. That's a really really difficult one. I do uh, maybe looking at it from a different perspective. I what I what I do regret, um, or not regret, but what I what is op- not a deal with player collecting. You're obviously missing out on certain years, right? So I'm I'm always uh, you know slightly uh, envious of people like yourself or you know Jesse. When you have when you when you, when you collect a, a variety of players uh, like you know Jesse collects all these these Hall of Fame wide receivers and you then you know can buy the, the, the PMGs or you buy the '98 Bowman's Best um, which for me I would you know never never buy these um, because Vic Vic hadn't played in these years so you're kind of missing out on that I always found that especially '98 '99 were pretty cool years for football and um, those will never touch my collection just because the player that you that you collect uh, didn't play there. Um, but to just focus on the one year, man, that's, that, that's difficult. Um, I, I couldn't really say.
0: Yeah. I suppose that's why very few people do it. They, they, they do the whole career, right. They do a player, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So fifth question, hopefully an easier one. What are your hobbies outside of cards? What do you like doing when you're not working and, um, collecting cards and picking up cards? What do you like doing with your family? That sort of thing. Well, yeah, first of all, just
1: really spending time with, with my family. Uh, I guess I work a lot, um, so weekends are very uh, sacred, just uh, spending time with the family. Um, we like to travel uh, here. From Singapore, you can travel quite quite nicely, conveniently to other countries in Southeast Asia. Um, otherwise, no, I think uh, cards were really one of the first bigger or more kind of committed hobbies that i picked up in a long long time i used to play sports a lot especially basketball uh that always was a big hobby of mine but yeah besides cards and family i don't do much which sounds insanely boring right now but uh i guess that's that's just me
0: (laughs) no that makes sense that makes sense you know i can imagine too as you have the family the kids i mean that's where that's where priorities lie you know and that's um, leads you a good life, I would say, right? Because they're going to be the ones that are there for you at it, the end of the day. It's very precious.
1: Yeah, my, my kids are six and three years old. So you also don't want to miss, miss out on, on these years, mm-hmm. especially. And Especially when you hope. can
0: teach them to be the next Michael Jordan. You know, you got all that responsibility, that sort of thing. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, Benedict, man, this is so much fun. I mean, just again, I knew it would be a good conversation, but I got to say that was, I mean, just a blast. I hope everyone else enjoyed it. It went a little long today and I'm glad it did because we got to cover a ton. So this should be... Should be a great lesson for anyone hopping on. So, Thanks, I just awesome. really appreciate it, Benedict. And I, I got to ask you, Where can people find you if they want to reach out and you know just say, "Hey, great episode," or get to know you a little better?
1: Yeah, just reach out to me on Instagram, uh, Vic Seven Collector. It's uh, written in the uh, in the name there. And uh, just reach out to me on Instagram and uh, just have uh, you know fun conversation about cards. So Obviously, if you have uh, Vic cards to offer, uh, reach out to me. Don't ask if anything is for sale because it's not, <laughs> never will be. Um, yeah. yeah, just reach out to me in, uh, to me on, on Instagram and thanks for, for, for inviting me Austin. and uh, what you're doing for the hobby. I, I love the podcast. I think it's such a great format. Um, somebody should interview you for sure for a podcast. I mean maybe we, we can swap roles uh, one day. I might not be the best interviewer. Due to... <laughs> I might not being native, a native speaker, but somebody should interview you. The format is amazing, and, and thanks for doing this. I, I hope you have lots of success with it.
0: I appreciate it, man. I think there's more to learn from you guys, but maybe maybe in a few years we'll catch me doing this on the flip side. We'll see. (laughs) Appreciate it so much, man. Have a good one. All right, buddy.
1: Take care.